You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. You're listening to Less for Life with James L. Mattern and Benji Suswine. Okay, my people. America's number one podcast is voted on by Canadians who live in, as we noted before, Canada. Is on, baby. I'm James O'Manor, Lust for Life, once again, talking to you from my aunt and uncles, Las Vegas. I'm here for a while, baby. You know why? It's freezing out there, baby. Burr, burr, burr. Kick it on the plane. Snow on the wings. Snow on the, on the runways. Snow in the heads of the pilots. Can't go, baby. We're going to be here for a minute. I don't know when I'm coming back to New York. Maybe never. Maybe I'll get a job opportunity in the next 24 hours. Maybe someone is going to just bump into me at the restaurant. I'll probably be eating with my aunt and uncle and some of my friends later. Be like, are you that guy? And I'll be like, what guy is that? Is that the guy that you're about to give me a good job so I don't have to go back out east and be frozen? And if they say yes, guess what, baby? There'll be a room available in Astoria, Queens for $5.80 a month. That's right, baby. Make the check out to Mr. Papadopoulos. That's not my landlord's name. What do you think? I'm going to get my landlord's name? Let me be honest, I don't know what my landlord's name is. They just sold the building. I have to check the paperwork. Don't have it here, baby. Forget it. So that's the story. I'm here. Who knows when I go back? You guys are all freezing out there. Probably snow in your houses. That's how intense it is. It's worse places to be stuck than the desert in January. I'm staring at a swimming pool that has... A duck in it with sunglasses. Not an actual duck. This ain't an episode of The Sopranos, so relax. But I think it's like the thing with the chlorine. I like it. I really think ducks should just be living with us anyway. That's just me, but I I do like ducks. I understand what Tony Soprano's issue was. Now, if you don't watch The Sopranos, you don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Who cares? It was a big metaphor for the show. All right, a flock in the house, a flock in leaving the house. All right, I don't even understand what the metaphor was. I'm not David Chase. But who cares? Let's talk about the things going on. The funeral's finally over. We did it. We got through it. My family. It was interesting. It was wild. Crazy. Some, some relatives dramatic. Some relatives come in crying every second. How are you? <laughs> Do you want a cannoli? <laughs> some of them act like Meryl Streep. Let's be real about that. I won't say names. But that happens. There are relatives that we have nicknamed Meryl Streep. Some of them have friends who show up. Just as dramatic. We nicknamed them D- Diane Keaton. Just keeping it at 100, baby. Very difficult to handle emotions. I spoke at the funeral. A couple people spoke. My family's had a long tradition of maybe having one or two people knowing that they're going to speak and in cahoots with the family and the priest saying that we're going to go speak. But then we like to do, is there anyone who wants to say anything? Which I think is awesome. My grandfather, who is the patriarch of this family, was a big fan of that. A lot of times at funerals, wouldn't even tell anyone. Like there would be no one booked, for lack of a better term, to do the eulogy. The priest would just go, at this point now, would anyone like to speak? And for about 50 seconds, 
No one would talk. Because a lot of people are scared to say the wrong things, right? That's the tough thing with the, with the eulogy. You're petrified. You're scared. You don't know what's going to happen. You basically don't want to let down that person you love so much, right? Because if you're speaking at a funeral, you care. They, they touched you. And so you really want to get that out to them. You want to convey that love. You want to put that person in a good light, even though everyone's there because they care for that person. But you just want to capture the reason why, or the reason why you're there, or the reason you're in front of an audience speaking with your heart on your sleeve. A lot of fear in that. I was scared of screwing up. And that's why when they do that, anyone want to talk, people really need to think. They really need to sit there for 30, 40 minutes and go, how important is this? Am I going to be able to live without going up there and speaking? I missed my chance at my grandfather's funeral. And I don't like to use the word regret, but I guess that comes close to it. I wish I would have. I wish you would have told people how I, I felt. It's the thing. Sometimes as the years go by, you don't know what people think about your relationship with these people. Because unfortunately, it becomes a competition at times. Oh, I loved him more than, than you did, and you didn't love him as much as they should, and she raised you, and you should care about her more and have a tattoo of her on your face. Like, it becomes so weird, man, this tension in a competition. I don't know. So I guess I wanted to go up and just show people how much I cared. It was nerve-wracking. Nerve-wracking. Had bullet points. I don't even write bullet points for this show. I don't have bullet points for my act. They gotta have some material, but I should probably organize it. Nah, I don't. I usually just wing life. And that's why I'm this successful. Talking on the black mirror. Walking through an empty house. While people are working and buying groceries. That's right. But this time I had some bullet points. I had some stories I wanted to tell. That's right, real stories. And then the night before the funeral... When we had the wake, the viewing finally, we went out to eat and then we went out for some drinks, a couple of us. And I came back and I thought of the, the last part of it, all dramatic, walking around, pacing like I am now, except I wasn't speaking out loud into a black mirror. I was thinking loud in my head. My head was loud, starting to get that hangover already. Here, here's a couple. I'll just tell you these stories. Uh, and who knows? They might have been inappropriate. I got some weird looks from people, but I, I discussed something I've discussed before on the show, I think a couple weeks ago, you know, the age difference, the two generations. It was very tough to be a parent when you should just be the grandparent. Then I talked about how our relationship changed and it became more friendship. And one of the reasons, or one of the stories that captures that, I feel, is the fact that my grandma just wanted me to go have fun and be a dude. Like that one of the last times I saw her, we were having supper right before Christmas a couple days. And my buddy Barrow, that's his last name. But uh, give it five years, someone will start naming their children that. I mean, that will become a, a first name. It'll be like Barrow Smith. That'll be a dude's name. You heard it here first. Sitting there with my aunt and uncle. And my aunt has teased me 
half seriously for years how I tend to go out with younger women. By younger women, take it easy, okay? I'm not, I'm not polypedophile here, okay? It's, it's girls who are like in their mid-20s. But I am pushing 40 now, so that sometimes can get weird. But what you're going to do, the heart wants what it wants. And my aunt's playfully laughing about this. We're discussing things. I don't know how it got brought up while we're eating salmon on a Monday night, but it did. And then my aunt, wanting to involve my grandma into the conversation, goes, Ma, what do you think about this? What do you think of your boy going out with these young girls? And my grandma, while shoveling salmon into her mouth, goes, good for him. Have fun, honey. And then touched my cheek. That's how cool my grandma is. That's how great she is. Which segued me telling another story. Years before, where it was a Friday night, and I came home from waiting tables. And I'm still living at home in my early 20s because I'm what they call a winner. I'm playing video games because once again, I don't know if you heard the word on the street, winner. But I'm getting phone calls on those old phones, not these cell phones, not a black mirror. No, one of those ring-a-ding-dings. My grandma's playing dominoes with one of my aunts from Rochester. My grandma's like, what's that racket? Who's calling you this late? What are you doing? I'm like, I'm just staying in. Um, they want me to go down to the bar, Patty's Pub. That's where I cut my teeth, baby, as a young drinker. How do you think I know so much about these hangovers? and have projects I'm tied to, which involve boozing. Came for Patty's Pup. And my grandma was like, well, well who, who's they? Remember, she has a German accent. That's not from an accent from Toledo. Hope you get that. Who's they? Ah, oh, this girl, she's blah, 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 blah. A girl, what are you doing here? I'm like, whoa. Now, you, I never had any talks like that with my grandma. I, there was never a sex talk. There was barely any talk of women. I think one point my grandparents rented Basic Instinct back in the day, had no idea there was sex involved, and I'm watching it with them and one of my aunts, and it was very uncomfortable. I mean, when I was real young, sometimes something like, not even a sex scene, but like a kissing scene would come on, and, and you definitely didn't want to be seen, seeing stuff like that with your grandparents, let alone your parents when you're a young buck. So I would just put my, my hand on my face, my fingers, and block it. But, you know, be opening up the fingers, hoping that maybe a booby would pop out. Be some, be some Swiss cheese hands. Like, oh, I ain't looking. Oh, yep, maybe I am. So this was always a weird point with me. And here it is. My grandma's like, go meet with that girl. I'm like, Ma, come on, I feel like staying in tonight. Blah, blah, blah. And then finally, at the urging of my wonderful grandmother, I'm leaving the house to meet with this girl. And I go, Mom, I'm going to go meet her at the bar. And my grandma turns to me. And she goes, good for you. Go get lucky. Who says this? My awesome grandma. So I tell those stories. And I'm getting some good reactions from some people. And to be honest, I get a couple big laughs. And as a comedian, woo! But then I see some blank faces, some older people, even some younger people. Like, how dare you say that? And to them, I'd like to say this. 
fuck you. It's my grandma, that's how I chose to share how I loved her and how she loved me back and how unique she was and fun. The fact that there was guys my age, my boys in the back who came to see her and pay respects. That's why I told this, those stories, that she related to my people, that when I called my boys and texted my boys, emailed my boys, people called me back right away. People called me the next day or two to tell me how hurt they were, not just for me, but for them. That's real deal, Holyfield. And I closed it by saying that this New Year's was the most confident I've ever been in my life when I went to bed. Had a beautiful gig. Great New Year's gig. A place I played three years in a row, and I'll tell you, it was magic this year. The others have been great too, but it just felt fine. Felt good, and I felt revived. I felt strong. And I went to bed. I wasn't too drunk. I had a couple of nightcaps at the creek in the cave, baby. And as I'm tucking myself in, that's right, tucking, so I feel like a boy. I wanna get tucked in the bed. I thought to myself, this will be a good year. I don't even care something bad happens tomorrow. I got them, baby, I got them. And then I felt guilt the next couple of days, especially with my uncle, and I talk on the phone and I hear my grandma fell and that it was just a matter of time I feel guilt I feel guilt my peoples how can I feel confident how can I feel good when I know I could be losing the woman who raised me who I love so much and the night before I spoke it dawned on me thanks to a couple glasses of Jack Daniels Of course I felt that way, because I knew one chapter was ending. That the lessons were learned, that she taught me right. And then I knew she was going. And my body was telling me that I'm ready for this challenge in my life. To be somebody. That's what it's about. And I had to share that to people. And I was proud of it. And maybe this is the second part of that. But yeah, I just want to say, love you and uh, sleep well, mama. So, all right, you guys just got that. Hopefully, y'all can relate with this because things get rough. Make sure you send your love, man. Send your concerns. Tell your stories. Have you spoken at a funeral? Were you one of those people who waited two minutes and then got up, spoke from the heart without anything planned? How did that go? What did you say? Have you ever spoken at a funeral and not go great? Has family members butt heads with you over, the, over it? Have you gotten dirty, disrespectful looks while trying to bleed your heart? Let it out there. Let it out to me at Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, Lewis, L-O-U-I-S, Mattern, M-A-T-T-E-R-N, at gmail.com. Jamie Lewis Mattern at gmail.com. Tell me some stories about this. If you're dealing with it, give it back. We're here for you. And speaking of that, let's give a shout out, bro. MK Lazarus. I'm going to hit you back finally. Give me some time. Been going through it. You'll get hit back, man. Wrote a really nice thing to me. Saying that we're here to help people. We are here to help people, baby. 
We're here for the world. Be back for us. You know what I'm saying? Spread love. My aunt went on at the end, my wonderful Aunt Gloria, and said, this is not going to be nice. And then tells five minutes of their wonderful, playful animosity over Scrabble and dominoes. And she brought down the house. And as comedians would say, it was a mic drop moment. And the poor priest had to follow. Hey, real quick, priests, bless your hearts out there. Don't say the same thing after people speak. After every one of us, four people spoke. Thank you so much for your warm and beautiful words. It was just delight. The same thing to everyone. Ad lib a little, buddy. Yeah, can we get some improv games up in seminary school? If you're working funerals, let's be honest, you're basically an MC. I should be teaching priests how to talk. I've been emceeing for years, and I'm pretty damn good at it, to be honest. I don't want to sound like Luke Skywalker. You know, I'm a pilot myself, and I'm pretty damn good at it. We don't have to sit here for this. But that's how I feel. Maybe I should, if I can't get on a plane ever again because of New York and the East Coast, just becomes one big snowball. Maybe my new, my new job, teaching the priests out here in the desert how to ad-lib, how to think on their toes and be human at funerals. That's how I get back, baby. That's how I get back to the world. Teaching them to maybe change up their adjectives and superlatives and adverbs when describing a speech that someone said about their dead family member while they're grieving in front of other people. Maybe, maybe just to teach them that. All right, that's a quick one. I hope we had fun, everybody. Kind of serious, but kind of had fun today. I hope you all are feeling this show right now. We should be back to the standard with the ace, sweet, 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 sweet wine. Next week, man, share this with people. I'm starting to post these on Facebook. It only took me a year and a half to figure out how to do that. Spread the word. This is gospel, man. We're speaking the truth. We're going to change the world. All right, I won't go that far. But spread the love on this show. Once again, Matern at gmail.com. Hit me up about things. We will talk the real. Let me take a sip of Monster before we say goodbye because it's delicious. Oh, yeah, um, I'll probably listen back to this. But even if there is snorting like last week, people were coming up. See, I think I just did that. That probably registered. I'm always stuffed up since I was a kid. Last time my, my nose and my sinuses were good, 1986. Mets the Red Sox. I'd say about a week after the ball went between Buckner's leg, my nose went to hell. What are you going to do? So a lot of people are like, what are you, Tony Montana now? Cokie McGee? What are you, fighting plague? No, it's just a never... Average day last week. And I did run right before that. Working out, baby. No off-season. Hashtag, no off-season. So I don't know how this, this is. I'll listen to about 25 seconds. If it's not that bad, we're printing it. I also think I captured the emotion. So just deal with it. I mean, we're not, this is an ideal recording. I'm not recording at a studio. This thing's in my hand. I got headphones with a little, little microphone right by, by my schnozola. So you're going to hear some, oh, that definitely registered. I get more stuffed up the more I talk. Maybe I'm just bo- uh, born with mocos. All right, I'm real stuffed up now. All right. It's been a good ride. We'll see you soon. Stay gold, pony boys and girls. Till next time, you're all worth a million. The